0: Good morning and welcome. It's the Patriot Radio News Hour live on this Monday, June the 26th. Wow. Half the year almost completely gone. Where does the time go? I'm Joe Jaquin, CEO of the Patriot Trading Group. And the weather's supposed to get a little cooler. We'll take it to Ben. Wow. That was a tough week. It was really, really hot. But uh, they say it's only going to be like 114 or 113 uh, today, which is, trust me, much, much better. Anything under 112 is actually not too bad. (laughs) It's crazy when you say that, but it's true. Uh, The new website at allamericangold.com. We're still turning the crank on it a little bit. Uh, I think by tomorrow we should have the uh, the spot prices back up there. That was actually all my fault, because uh, I'm an idiot. Uh, then um, Ramon and I are still messing around with, with the articles. We have the ability to put pictures up now, and we probably over-pictured it. <laughs> so tomorrow we're going to have less pictures so you can see more articles uh, before you have to scroll. But that, it is up. If you're having trouble, and the only trouble that I'm aware of, and, and it was supposed to self-correct, and maybe some of you didn't, and who knows why, who cares why, uh, but if you had the uh, the website saved in your favorites like most of us did, uh, some of you, for whatever reason, when you go there, it's, it's giving you the error message, just go to your Google bar. And, and whether you Google Patriot Trading Group or All American Gold, it really doesn't matter. Either one of those, and then you you click that and go out to the new site and just hit resave. Uh, you can resave it into your favorites. You'll, you'll work just fine. Uh, but but nonetheless, the new site is up and running. Uh, if you want to read the very first article I've got for you to share with you, was about four or uh, I'm sorry about IRAs and. On our website today, there is, we, we have an article about the IRAs, and the cautionary tale from the paper pushers. Uh, we'll talk about that. And, and he decided to he wanted to do some analysis of the worst mistakes he's ever made. And I'm going to give you one of my analysis as well, because really, you can make the numbers be whatever you want them to be. Just ask the Federal Reserve. They do it all the time. Uh, a flash crash happened in gold while we were asleep. It actually wasn't even a flash crash. It was a fat fingers, what they're saying. Yes, somebody accidentally traded billions of dollars worth of gold and didn't mean to, uh, but it was too late. They hit the button. Gold fell like 18 bucks. Uh, now it's back. And now it's down uh, a 10. But the funny part is. Because it broke, the, you know, some technical numbers, this that the other, they made a big deal. But then it held the support from the low that it hit after the Fed meeting, and now it's rising back again. And you know, who knows? Who cares? What, what was interesting was the economic data that came out today. More bad news. Uh, durable goods. Uh, we'll talk about that. Much, much, I guess, worse than expected. Uh, Then the Chicago Manufacturing Index actually went into negative territory, caught some people off guard. But don't worry, the Dow's still up today. You know, again, this classic bubble sign uh, in the bond market, which we've been watching. Just to give you an example of what, what it is that has everyone so convinced now that things are going to take a very ugly turn. Uh, since the and I'll say since the modern era Federal Reserve. so you go back to 1971 the modern era Federal Reserve, there's been one indicator that has predicted every recession. and that is in the bond market uh, when the spreads between, and I'll give you the example today: the two-year note. So, if you were to buy a two-year Treasury note, you're going to get about one point. It's such a small number: one point three five percent, I believe the number is. A thirty-year note is under two point seven, so it's less than half. Uh, which is the shows the flatness of the yield curve, which is the leading indicator, and I guess the, it's not the leading one, but it's the one that seemingly has been working the best in this modern era Federal Reserve, where we have now this ultra flattening, where we have the lower end rising, right as the Fed has been trying to raise rates. If you think about it, we're at between one. In 1.25, I guess that's what the Fed use. I say we're at one, so, but they say it's between one and one and a quarter. And you think about a two year note is at 1.35. You kind of understand the predicament people are in, right? And then you go out to 30 years. And you're only at 2.7. The 10-year note fell again today. It's back down to 2.13. And and it has uh, people in, people are getting worried. But there's something even more interesting that is happening overseas. In the Japanese bond market, they are now going entire days, days, where no one's trading a bond yeah there's no buyers and there's no sellers for entire days at a time we're going to talk about that what does it mean uh with this you know creation of this low you know we're talking about low volatility and the dangers that it sets up and the fact that they continually try to tell us they don't see a bubble these are classics Classic signs, especially in this modern era of fed, that bubbles are are forming and matter of fact, doing things that are very, very dangerous. Patriot Radio News Hour. We'll be right back. Biscuit, Patriot Radio oh, News Patriot. Hour. Double J Live on this Monday, our toll free number eight hundred. 9510592. There's a lot of troubling indicators. The bond market probably being the most troubling. And I think what has people most concerned is the central bank knows it and has said we're going to ignore it. Uh, so keep that in mind. That came out last week and has really gotten. Uh, even more people now on the side of trouble is coming. Uh, but when you look at the some of the other data, the, the one bright spot, and I say one because it's really the only one I see, is they talk about the 4.3% unemployment rate, the jobs market, uh, the one, I guess, that the Fed keeps throwing in everybody's face. But yet when you look inside of the jobs market data, because like I said, the Federal Reserve has changed their calculations for how they calculate unemployment. It's different today than it was, you know, thirty and forty years ago. Much different. To the tune of about double. Right? Take today's rate, double it. Well, actually you got to double it and add about a point. <laughs> I mean significantly. Significant change. Now, it's not like they tweaked it a little bit, and if you went back to the old way, instead of 4.3, it'd be 4.9 or 5.2. We're, we're talking a number north of 9. So it's a significant change. But when you look into the subset of, of the data, record numbers of young people Record numbers of middle class people have a very disturbing trend now, and it's been going on for about the last 20 plus years. So when you go inside the data, they're, they're, they talk about hey, when you look at the subset of younger, when you look at the subclass subset of middle class, and then of course we talk the one that I talk the most about, males. Right? Twenty-five to fifty-four. All three categories have some very disturbing numbers inside of the data itself. And this is really kind of the, the big problem that that everybody's starting to have with the valuations on Wall Street and the fact that that as I said with the bond market and all of those things, that we have no real price discovery. Uh, available to us. We have no idea what anything is really worth because all of that's happened is all of this data has been manipulated. You know, when you think about record numbers of young people living with their parents, record numbers of young people, here's a case in point, 80% of people under the age of 30 going back a couple of decades, then you would be sitting there and you would be thinking about marriage. 80% of people under the age of 30 were married. Today, to get to the 80% number, you know, doesn't mean you remain married, but you got married, right? And most people equ- equivalent, or, you know, the we got married and bought a house, had a couple kids, right? You, you, you became a, an adult, a productive member of society, whatever you want to use to describe it. That number now is turned into 45. So you have a whole generation now that aren't getting married. Uh, one of the things that they also talked about in this survey is the 20-something, like I said, not getting married, a record one in three young people, or about 24 million, 18 to 34. Now, 18, okay, I, yeah, that's, to me, 18 is young. 34? <laughs> 34, right? I mean, remember, I I don't know when it was. When was that? Maybe it was the late 90s, that, that, I don't even know what to call it, uh, uh, program, uh, 30-something. You remember that show, Wendy, that show 30-something, right? Now, apparently, 30-something is, well, you're just a baby. A record one in three. 18 to 34 year olds live with their parents and they said of those 1 in 3 1 in 4 of them neither work or go to school more young men have hit rock bottom and this is one of the things I've been talking about in 1975 25% of males 25 to 34 had incomes of less than thirty thousand. Now, and I'm just so you know, in today's dollars, and not you know, 1975 made thirty grand. You're doing pretty good. But one in four—that means three out of four—made more than that. Last year, the number of males, 25 to 34. Okay, so 25, you're out of college by now. Well, I say you should be out of college by now. Matter of fact, you should be out of college and had been working for several years. That number surged to 41%. This is the strength of the job. You've got an unemployment rate that is right near historic lows. Forty-one percent of men between the ages of 25 to 34 make less than 30 grand. Of course, we know retirees are living longer, right? Which is uh, a huge crit because, right, retirees, they, they're trying to save somebody because they know, right, they're one, they're one medical incident away from the poorhouse. And you start putting all of this these, these data points together, and you start to really get a much different picture of what the real economy actually looks like. Today in the Wall Street Journal, Americans, less debt, more bills. That's the headline. By the way, the less debt part, not really, but let me just tell you what their spin is. And it has very similar to what we just talked about. It says Americans face financial obligations beyond debt payments. Of course, the biggest debt payment of all is the house. Right? And we know home ownership in the United States is falling and falling significantly. Uh, so that payment is, I guess, less, if you will. They are taking a bigger bite out of your pay. And this is the whole no-inflation argument that makes no sense. It says that the Federal Reserve's own reports show that the share of income going to non-debt financial obligations is at its highest levels since the 1980s. Of course, right, the 1980s, inflation was what? We were crushing inflation in the 80s, right? You had to go all the way back to the early 80s. It is a de- It is a development that, particularly for lower-income people, is crimping spending. Now, I just said 41% of, of people, 25 to 34, making less than 30 grand. It says the the Commerce Department figures show home ownership rates fell to its lowest levels in over half a century. It says it doesn't look like there's any recovery in that market anytime soon. So, again, you know, we talk about home sales. Like, remember Friday, I, I still don't believe the number I had to tell you. Three hundred and fifty some thousand dollars for a new home. by the way, that was the median price. the average price was actually over four hundred but now I got oh, I've just lost my place. there we go here we go they They say that rental units rents are up eighteen percent over the last five years. Well many people who own homes have benefited from rock-bottom mortgage rates it says rent-y, monthly rents have continued to rise. Yeah, but the problem is now you got these home prices that are so inflated, there's no savings there either. It says that families who own a home average about $63,000. And, and just I want, I want to point that number out to you to, to really understand how ridiculous the data points really are. That equals about twelve hundred dollars a week before taxes, before you pay for health care, right? Before before you pay. Your mortgage, before you pay your car, your mortgage insurance, your car insurance, right, your health insurance, before you put anything into a 401k, and you can start to understand why it is there's such a struggle out there. By the way, people that don't own a home, average pay $27,800, even... Shockingly low. Especially when you think more people than ever rent today. It says more people are leasing their cars. So there's another way out. So that apparently a car lease isn't a car loan in the eyes of the Federal Reserve. They say more people are leasing their cars than taking out loans to buy them, leaving them with lower debt. But still putting them on the hook for the monthly payment. <laughs> 33% of all car sales now, they're not even sales, they're wreck Right? They lease them. I'm sorry, I said 33. 31. In May, 31% of new vehicles booked as sold were financed via the lease. Listen, you go back 30 years ago, there was no such thing. By the way, just five years ago, that number was only 20%. Leased cars aren't merely for the well-off. About a quarter of new car sales going to subprime and deep subprime. We've already talked about all of that stuff. But here's what the, the Labor Department said. The categories including mobile telephone, landline telephone, Internet service, now counts for three point two percent of average consumer spending. <laughs> Which again, that was no percent. No percent until well what, I guess I guess until you broke up the bells. I remember the phone bills my parents I asked my mom. The phone bill used to be like four bucks. It says uh nonetheless though you start putting all of this stuff together. Young people not getting married. Young people living with their parents. Males not being able to generate money. And and I'll say this: the women's numbers are no better, right? It's not like the women 25 to 34 are making, you know, with the you know, 50 or 60 thousand. But it's just a a declining trend in the male population. So a little sneak peek inside the numbers painting a far different picture than Wall Street and the Fed would have you believe. Use words like no sir. The Bank of Japan may or may not be tapering but that soon may become a moot point because whether they decide to buy less bonds or buy more bonds the bond market is no longer working. As the Nikkei report, the Japanese central bank is pondering its next step. (laughs) What to do? How much stuff should we buy? the Japanese rates market has been getting an increasingly paralyzed problem as yields as low on uh, newly issued 10-year government bonds have remained flat for seven straight sessions. Well, think about that. So that's a week and two days, because you don't count the weekend. Zero movement. It hasn't moved at all. It says the 10-year bond closed at 0.055% for seven straight days, first beginning on June the 15th, according from the data out of the Nikkei. This marks the longest period of stagnation. My guess would probably be since they've been keeping records. It says, because of what comes at record low volatility, is market paralysis. And that what appears Japan is experiencing right now, as private bondholders no longer dare to even breathe without the instruction of the central bank. Meanwhile, the implied volatility of the bonds tumbled to their lowest level since January of 08c there it is again it's not just an R market when you go and you universally look at these bond markets globally we've seen this a bunch of times and it always ends the same way it says that the, the reason that we recently speculated that the primary driver behind the global collapse and volatility is nobody's trading, right? It's not that everybody's trading and everything's calm. It's that nobody's trading, right? And I've been talking about the the, the volumes, at least on the publicly traded stock fund, like on the New York Stock Exchange. But I haven't really looked into what the volumes in the bond markets were doing. It says that trading in newly issued 10-year debt, and of course when you think about 10-year debt, would you lend anybody money for 10 years and get not 1%, not half of a percent, but point zero five five percent They say that trading in the debt has become so infrequent that Japan's bond trading has seen days where no bonds trade hands. It's not just cash bonds that find themselves in limbo. Trading in short-term interest rate futures has been so much that on Tuesday of last week, the Nikkei reported month futures the first time this has happened since trading began by the way trading began in that in Japan in 1989 this is it this is what you're really looking at right we're looking at a market that has become paralyzed right nobody is in there no nobody wants to go in and trade anything. And you sit there and you look at all of the debt markets and all of these things, and I keep trying to tell you, we don't know what the real price is, right? We don't have a clue. And of course, Japan watches, no one buys more stuff than they do You know, as a percentage, right? We've, we, our balance sheet is bigger. But they own so much of this market now. It's dangerous. And it's been dangerous. And this is why I said this problem keeps getting bigger. It keeps getting worse. It doesn't get better. You don't solve a debt problem with more debt. Right? You don't solve a debt problem with by cranking up the printing press and printing money out of thin air and claiming that we now have financial stability. And then you start there and you start to wonder how it is that nobody sees any of this. You went a whole week, you went seven trading days where the Japanese ten-year note didn't move. You went a whole day where a three-month bill didn't even trade hands. How can you – you, that, that means there is no market. And, of course, what happens when the market finally does break? And this is what it is that I keep telling you you need to get prepared for. Right? And you start looking at the escalation of the debt. Right? The Wall Street Journal is now writing stories about, hey, you know what? They don't have less debt, really, right? Because they don't own homes, and we don't count. We count rents in leases differently. Americans have more bills today than they've ever had. When you factor in whether it's your mortgage or your rent, whether you own a car, lease a car, credit card debt, school loan debt, then they all the way down to your cell phone bill and your internet. There is less spending power after the paycheck, right? Homer used to say, but did he say? There is more bills than money. Right? Wait, no, wait. Something like that. You ran out of money before you right? You, you ran out of bills. You know, and you start thinking about why it is there's no economic growth. It's just uh, today, consumer uh, uh durable goods down 1.1 percent right then you factor all these subcategories they were all bad you take out transportation it was bad you take out defense it was bad you take out commercial aircraft it was bad you strip everything out and just look at business investment bad they were all negative Nobody sees the bubble yet. It's right there. Patriot Radio News Hour. We'll be back. This article appeared Friday on Market Watch. And I want to share it with you because I want you know this is my fair balance. Talking about IRAs. For anyone worried about the financial security in retirement. Those ads uh, touting gold and silver IRAs on the conservative-leaning cable TV channels and from digital news outlets can sound pretty persuasive. Take Roslyn Capital Commercial, where actor William Devane gets caught in a downpour while golfing. Some things you just can't control, he says. Like runaway inflation or unstable governments printing money as worthless as a wet scorecard, but you can't control whether or not you let your money in your retirement lose its value. Then there's that one from Lear Capital, like Roslin, running ads on the Fox News Channel. They ask the ear question, the ear-catching question. Would you like to own an asset that has the potential for a 60% increase or more? Hard to say no to that. You'll find similar promotions on right-leaning websites, apparently not on the left, just the right. Such as the ad in an email from Newsmax that says, your retirement account is in serious danger. And the one on uh, Breitbart that says, warning, economists expect an 80% stock market crash to strike in 2017. These ads and others like them often include an appeal to put your retirement savings into precious metals individual retirement accounts on IRA, either to make your money safer or help it grow faster. There are generally no minimum investments, and the advertiser shows you how to open your account to roll your existing IRA. Now, this is this is big business, right? This is this is what. Well, first of all, this shows you how far golds come because now they feel the need to attack it. Uh, by the way, don't ever do business with people on the television. I'm just, and I've said it a million times. I'll say it a million more. They just rip you off. That's how they pay for that stuff. It says the advertiser's preference for conservative media may be, may be due to the fact that their ads tend to play fears on, on the financial collapse, because that never happens, right? Don't be fearful. The world is a dangerous place. Excessive national debt, inflation, global upheaval can hammer the value of stocks and bonds, right? You know, the debt market. So protect your money. And it says that the ads are hitting at every behavioral hot button to undermine people's confidence in, asset, in the asset management world. And you know what? You're, you're right about that. I don't know about undermining it, but you do need to have a hedge against that world. And the fact that they don't think you should tells you all that you really need to know. They're trying to frighten people into thinking that the money they have in the bank is is just a shadow that could be wiped out on a whim. That's Money in the bank is not yours. They know that. I know that. You know that. Banks have never failed ever. The focus on retirement accounts makes sense. Because that's where so many older Americans have their assets. That's a, We know that, right? That's the last basket, right? That's where the majority of, I guess, the wealth of the, throw out the 1%. The 99%ers on down. This is where it is. So they're both preying on fear and going where the money is. And it says uh, that th- they do admit that Roslyn and Lear refused to comment on the article that they gave. But they ask, is precious metals IRAs really a smart choice? It says, with most IRA investments in conventional assets like stocks or mutual funds, the tax code also permits self-directed or alternative asset IRAs that can hold the physical metal. Of course, they do say not all precious metals are allowed. In uh, the fact, the law spe- uh, names specific gold, silver, and platinum coins. You can put palladium in there as well. Uh, they talk about the uh, American gold evil, eagles. But then I, I guess I'll get through some of the, the junk they say, blah, blah, blah. Gold tends to be volatile. Stocks tend to be volatile so on and so forth. So here's the example this guy gets. From 1981 through th- 2000, for example, when inflation nearly doubled, now again, I don't know where this guy get, does this math. Right? Inflation in 1981 was through the roof. Gold went more or less sideways. Then this century, the metal really took off. And it said uh, in January 2000, it was $280, blah, blah, blah. And and the guy talks about, in his article, he talks about how he had taken, and well, first of all, he talks about the hidden cost. And the hidden cost, uh, for, for his example, is the premiums that Lear and Roslyn charge customers. That's why I tell you, don't do business with these people, because he's right. You do business with these guys, they're gonna whack you twenty and thirty percent. But I'm gonna give you the example he gave, and then I'm gonna give you one of my own before we conclude today. Patriot Radio News Hour will be back after the break. Final statement Go to our website. You can read this article for yourself. This is why if you want to do a, a precious metals IRA, call us. We'll, we can help you, uh, and, and you're not going to to be ripped off and fleeced. And And this guy makes all the right points, really does. This is why you do it. This is why you put some money into your hard assets. Like I said, you don't have to put all of it in there. But he says his biggest investment mistake, and you get this a lot from people. The biggest investment mistake I ever made was to take my college graduation money back in 1980 and buy gold. Everybody bought gold at $800 in 1980. Right? They, they love to say that. Uh, just for, for personal reference, gold was above 800 for about less than 48 hours. It was above 700 for four days. So unless he bought during that time, that didn't happen. But nonetheless, let's just pretend that he did. Took his college graduation money, and he said he bought 10 Canadian gold maple leaves, right? Because he couldn't buy a U.S. eagle because they didn't exist. Says they're worth about $12,500 today. Doesn't say what he bought them for or $300,000 less if I had just put my money in the Vanguard S&P index fund instead. (laughs) Right? That's the pitch. Let's take a really high mark for one and a low mark for the other. And, of course, I guess my rebuttal to that is back to his comments about how gold took off in 2000. Right? Just as an example, uh, gold, by the way, since 2000, up 336%. Uh, if you would have bought the NASDAQ, I remember when I woke up in 2000, I bought the NASDAQ right at the top at 5,200. Now, yeah, the NASDAQ's up about 20% over that same time period. Uh, of course, again, the same exact thing that, that uh, like I said, if you go back to 71, which is the only fair way to do it, uh, gold's outperformed them all. The Dow, the NASDAQ, the S&P, all of them. Uh, Quick comment, because we're getting some calls. People are struggling to find the website. Just go to your Google bar. I know if you had it saved in your favorites uh, and you're getting an error message, some of you are. And there's not a lot, I guess, we can do. but Just go to your Google bar and just type Patriot Trading Group or just type All American Gold. Don't do the www. Just type it in there. The website should come up and just save it to your favorites again. and It'll say it already exists, but just say yes, and you'll be all set. Uh, and I, I apologize for that, uh, but apparently that's just depending on on uh, how, what browser you had or what this or that you had. That's just how it went. Uh, by the way, uh, we should have the spot prices back on there, I think, by tomorrow, and uh, we appreciate everyone's patience on all of that. Uh, if you're looking to buy gold today, well, a quick look here at the markets. Gold's down uh ten bucks twelve forty five. Right, we had the fat finger issue over in Europe this morning. Uh silver is down ten cents at sixteen fifty five. Uh US twenty dollar gold pieces. We ran these last week when gold was right here. At $1,245, I've got 20 Liberties and 20 Saints still available. I'll do them at 1295 at 800 951 Thank you so much for tuning in. Thank you so much for your patience. Thank you so much for doing business with us. That's what keeps us here, and we'll talk again tomorrow. Music.